0: Welcome, everybody, to Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Carl Germ. Carl is a uh, Souls fan, as you'll definitely hear. He's a speedrunner. He's done some some pretty amazing and cool runs, uh, and he is just as addicted to the Souls games as I think anybody listening to this podcast. Uh, This episode includes um, some Dark Souls chat, some Demon Souls chat, some Bloodborne chat, uh, very brief Elden Ring chat. We don't really talk about anything that I would construe as spoilers, so you don't have to worry about anything there. Um, and also some mental health stuff for, for both me and Carl. Uh, so without further ado, please enjoy the episode.
1: My first uh, from software game was Dark Souls, but I came to it pretty late, and I came to it because I was um, I was playing music in a band with some friends of mine, where we would just cover video game songs. And every time I went to like the practice space each week, they'd be like, "Yo, have you heard about this game, Dark Souls?" I was like, <laughs> "No, I don't. I don't think so." Like, I just somehow completely missed the boat. I think this was in like 2015
0: or 2016. Oh, okay, so yeah, much later then, yeah.
1: Yeah, my one buddy Robbie just said to me he was like uh he was like yeah, it's super cool like they don't explain anything of what's going on. They kind of just drop you in a world and everything is aggressive and trying to kill you and it's like really hard but like it's it's super cool and everything in the game that you have to like figure you just have to figure it out all out yourself. So it's like playing an old school Nintendo game on like Xbox 360. And I was like that sounds fucking incredible. I was like I definitely want to check this out. So Eventually I, I picked up a I think a used copy of um of Dark Souls for Xbox three sixty and started playing it. And then every week when I went to practice, it then became Hey Carl, did you beat Dark Souls yet? And I was like, No, not yet. And they're like, You're out of the band.
0: <laughs> We're not gonna let you play on stage until you have beat Stephen Smo at Soul Level One, I'm sorry.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I kinda just I I I came to it very late but I think I I came to it at a point in my life when I really needed to find it if that makes sense or sounds it probably sounds super hokey but um I wasn't like I didn't have like the best situation in life at the time um I I had just finished up playing in two bands like I wouldn't say like professionally but like we we had gone on tours and we were trying really hard to make those bands a thing and then both for whatever reason kind of fizzled out and then That's when I just started jamming and playing video game music because I was like, yeah, I still want to make music, but something less serious and just more fun. And uh, I wasn't in like a very good living situation at the time. Like work was really bad and it kind of just became nice to get my ass kicked by Dark Souls. And it's like the the last game I remember that I would just think about constantly. Yeah. And like to the point of I, I had to drive a lot. I had to travel a lot for work, like sometimes like 200 mile round trips in a day. Um. so when I was like, well, I all I want to do is play Dark Souls, but I can't, I started listening to podcasts. And that's kind of how I found, you know, Bonfireside Chat and Duck Feed and, and all of that, so...
0: It's, um, it's wild to me that like, even, you know, five or six years later, you can pick up a video game and be like, and just become completely obsessed with it like that. Like where it just occupies space in your brain. You can do it. You can be literally doing anything else. And like in the back of your brain, it's like, okay, when I get home, I'm going to do this or I need to look up how to level up that, or I need to go explore that area that I forgot and all that stuff. Like Dark Souls is really good. Especially the first game is really good about just ingraining itself in your brain.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and my first um, playthrough was pretty funny because uh, my friend kind of put it best by saying, like, you only get one first playthrough of Dark Souls, mm-hmm. so you should try and, like, make it worth it. Like, don't look up anything story-wise, just kind of try and explore yourself. If you have any questions, ask me, and I can tell you in, like, a non-spoilery way of what what you should do. And he's like, you can look up mechanics and stuff, but, you know, like, I, he's like, this is how I recommend playing. He wasn't, like... A get good bro or anything he wasn't like oh no you just got to do it this way he was just like yeah this is i think the best way to play it and this is how you should play it because i wish i could play it like this again yeah um so i kind of took that to the extreme and i was just like i will not be looking up anything i don't know what <laughs> uh fire soul does i don't know i was like i know turning human has something to do with pvp i don't want to get invaded so i'm just not going to ever turn human so i went through pretty much the entire playthrough with like never upgrading the estus never kindling oh, a bonfire <laughs> and um i i think pretty early on i saw uh the crest of artorius i think is the item that it's called i should know this but i don't uh that lets you get to like sif earlier mm-hmm. and i saw that it was like uh 10000 souls and i was like okay that seems like a pretty important item so i'm just going to buy it just to you know get it out of the way so i bought that pretty early and then i found my way to sif pretty early and just went through the game in such a weird way like i remember everyone talking about like oh man the first time i fought capra demon i was like i don't even remember fighting capra demon for the first time (laughs) because i think i went all the way through the depths and blight town and stuff and then eventually found a lower undead berg and walked in and killed capra in seconds and i was just like oh i don't i guess that
0: was a boss I had a very similar experience. Like I walked into the church um, below the gargoyles and saw the channeler and was like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. And then proceeded to go through and beat all of Blighttown, town, come up the back way, find the fire key, like didn't and still had not killed the gargoyles. Um, so <laughs> and like at the time I was reading something awful threads on the game and they were like, you know, new people would come in and be like, oh, my God, the gargoyles are so hard and I was like, I beat them in like one shot. Like, what are you talking about? Like they weren't hard at all. <laughs> like 40 hours later after I'm supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, that's like the core of what your friend feels like he was trying to get to you is like, don't look like, in, don't try to optimize this. Just have an experience with it because those stories are, are like what I cherish out of souls games of just doing the weird and wrong stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of weird and wrong stuff in dark souls one, I was able to find um, the great hollow and ash lake by myself,
0: Wow, which okay. is
1: super cool. <laughs> But the problem with that was I didn't have the Lord Vessel, like yep. I didn't fight ONS <laughs> yet, so I had to make my way all the way back up, and I was like, "This is rough."
0: It's the that's probably the worst thing in Dark Souls, I think. Like outside of like the original curse mechanic, uh, where it's just like continually have your health over and over and over again. Like trying to go mm-hmm. from the bottom of the Great Hollow to the top is maybe one of like the worst journeys, and actually, in maybe all of the games, like including Dark Souls Three DLC, which I think is absolute bullshit in, in some <laughs> cases. Like I'd, that's just like a Really miserable, miserable climb.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it it, it's gotten to the point where if like people are playing for the first time and talking to me about it and they like find I'm like, yeah, maybe turn around. I had a friend of mine who recently um played Dark Souls for the first time. Get he was like, Oh yeah, I'm making my way through Tomb of Giants. This place sucks. And I was like, hang on a second. I was like, I know you like got to anorlando did you beat ornstein and Snow yet and he's like no not yet and i'm like okay turn around because
0: another thing that i did
1: <laughs> another thing that i did was made it all the way to you know the the golden fog gate there and couldn't get past it. and i was like what does this oh, mean God. so i did a lot of exploring my, my first playthrough of dark souls took me a very long time i was like going through very slowly and just kind of taking my time with it but it took me a uh, a pretty long time which is kind of funny looking back now that i just
0: speed run the game i was about to say like what your pb back then was like 70 hours and now it's what like minutes at this point
1: (laughs) um i think uh my my actual pb then was uh like 150 hours i think it took (laughs) me to but that was also me just trying to like explore every corner and try to find every item and and stuff like that but um
0: yeah I used to, I mean, I'd, I'm, I'm right there. It took me 60 hours to get to Ornstein and Smoo, And then I started a new file because I thought I had just, I couldn't beat the Silver Knights. And I was like, I've just messed this up. I'm going to start over from the from the top again. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I absolutely understand what you mean. And you can get lost in that world. I think that's the one reason why it consumes your brain so much. Is like you're just, everything just is so naturally connected to everything else. And then you get into an area and you're like, this looks totally different. Like I have to explore every single nook and cranny of this and figure out what's going on in it.
1: Yeah, especially if you, like, don't know the the critical path. And it it gives you so many options to, like, deviate from paths that it was kind of just like, I went to SIF early and then, like, was just kind of all over the place. And I was like, well, I don't, there's nowhere else I can go on this path. Like, where do I go next? And just ended up being overpowered for certain parts of the game and then really underpowered for other parts of the game because i don't think i knew how to roll until i got to manis and i was like oh i i my build wow. is completely wrong here um just and the reason for that was because of the weird path i took through dark root i ended up finding like the hydra and the, the tower that havel is in uh from like the bottom of the tower. Yeah. So I, like, walked up to the door and tried opening it, and it's, like, it's locked. And I was, like, oh, okay. And then I got hit by the Dragon Tooth from the other side, and I was, like, okay, something big is in there. And I was using this Y-Hander, where I just, like, tried attacking through the door, and I was, like, oh, I'm doing some damage. Cool, I'll kill whatever monster's on the other side of this and then, you know, not have to deal with it. It'll probably give me a lot of souls or something. And then I was, like, underwhelmed by, like, what I got from it. I was, like, oh, okay, well, whatever, who cares? I didn't, I, I, because of that, I never got Havel's ring So I was just playing and like mid rolling everywhere, which is probably why it took me 150 hours. But when I finally got to the DLC and I finally got to Manus, I was just getting absolutely destroyed and couldn't tank through anything. And I was like, "Okay, I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong." So I had to like restart my entire build, basically, and and learn how to
0: roll. Yeah, it's um, it's it's crazy how like just obscure and unintuitive some of the stuff in dark souls was at the time. And now like, I feel like picking up dark souls three or bloodborne, like everything, you just go start looking for the exact same things. Um, like you just know now it's become like a language of its own, right? Like where you just know. Yeah. Did you, um, did you play any of the Elden Ring network test or are you on spoiler blackout for all of that stuff? No,
1: I did. I did. Um, I, I was definitely on spoiler blackout for a while. Um, and I was like, I don't want to know anything about it until I can play it. And then, um, for the speedrunning group that I'm a part of, uh, speed souls, Mm -hmm. uh, we were doing a, a big charity marathon and, um, we were like given some codes for the, the network test to like raffle off throughout the, uh throughout the event and somehow like i was just like putting my name in to try to get people in chat to see that they could do that as well and i got one of the raffle (laughs) things for one of the network tests so i was like (laughs) i was like oh it's a european one yeah Yeah. i was like it's a european one so i can't even use it i'll find someone to to give it to and then i tried giving it to some of the uh the european speedrunners, and they were like no you know that you can just create a european account and then you can play it and i was like oh no i didn't realize that so i uh i was waking up at like 6 a.m to uh play as much of it as I could before work when when that was live.
0: And I am very, very excited about it. I was late to work every weekday that that, that thing was available because <laughs> I, I was doing exactly <laughs> the same thing. Um, and the funny thing is, like, my wife didn't even it didn't even bat an eye. Like, she was like, oh, yeah, I'm used to you doing this. Like, I remember you did this in <laughs> Dark Souls 2, right? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but, like, you don't have to call me out. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you shouldn't remember well, all Souls of my nerdery. 2. Dark Souls 2 is trending right now on Twitter, so it's, uh, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, perfect timing. Perfect timing. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised, like, without going into a lot of, like, spoiler stuff for Elden Ring, um, but, like, just opening it up the stats page and seeing you know how equipping stuff works and everything like i was like oh yeah this is this is the language that i'm used to speaking that dark souls one taught me and if, i just remember those times like if you open up the stat screen in dark souls for the first time and you're like, what in the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> what is any yeah, of I'm this like, mean? What is
1: this hand? What is this flexing muscle emoji? Like yeah. what is going on? Why, why what does is it, S mean? What does S
0: mean? <laughs> like what is like all, every single thing on here is abbreviated in somehow. Like, I don't know. What, <laughs> maybe just give me the word first and then abbreviate it later. <laughs> um but it's it's so inscrutable that like it's real easy to get into a situation i think where you you know you don't have a good build where you just you know if you feel like you can't for for all as people say like you can do anything in dark souls like you can really get into a situation where you just don't feel like you have an effective character um and you're like okay well i've got to start from scratch so
1: yeah yeah absolutely and i i also um the first like challenge run that i did after uh beating dark souls was a soul level one
0: mm-hmm. run which
1: like took me a, a less time than my my normal Run through, but that was like super fun and super interesting to just kind of see how the game works where It's like, yeah, you can literally play this game any way you want, and like the difficulty like everyone always says you know like there shouldn't be difficulty settings in games, which is complete bullshit in my opinion. I think the more accessibility in gaming the the better yes um but with like dark Souls, the reason that I like it so much is like it's it's got that you know legendary all oh, this is the hardest game ever or whatever. But it's like it's kind of choose your own difficulty because it's like, oh, okay well, I'm really having trouble with this boss. Let me just use this weapon that is that I've fully powered up and I can I can come at this situation in a way that makes it much easier for me. Or I could just be like, well, the only thing I'm going to use is I'm going to go like Lobos on it and just only use the the broken straight
0: sword or something. (laughs) Exactly. I have a friend doing that run on YouTube right now, the Broken Straight Sword Report. Uh, oh, jeez. Sh- yeah. Shout out Patty Stardust and um. Oh yeah, Patty. Right he, on. He uh, and he he was DMing me. He's done with it, and he's just uploading the episodes as he's like editing and and um, doing the voiceover or whatever. And um, he was DMing me through like all of the weird, like just all of the weird situations that you get into when you do something like a weird challenge run like that. Um, but he had done a normal Soul Level One. Run right before that, and so he was like, "But I have so much life it doesn't even matter like I can do anything <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. Like, when you start talking about choosing your own difficulty like that's that's exactly what that feels like
1: um i remember I remember watching a lobo stream once where he almost had to level resistance in Dark Souls One because <laughs> I think it was like a i think he was using um like the the cheat engine to say that he he could basically only take like one hit or he only had one HP. mm mm-hmm. HP um and because of that if he took poison damage he would just be dead he, he wouldn't uh, be able to cure it in time so he was like okay I think I'm gonna have to level up resistance so that way I can make it across <laughs> the bottom of the swamp to get to quaylag without getting poisoned that I think that's the only time I've ever hilarious. seen a use <laughs>
0: that is yeah so the great. only
1: the only useful putting
0: into resistance ever I want to say it was Dark Souls three when they did the network test for that um, somebody went in and like just you know, did a bunch of grinding real fast and leveled up resistance and showed a video where, like, somebody would hit them and they would just take no damage. And they were like, resistance is broken in Dark Souls 3. And I'm like, <laughs> in the network test, you know, <laughs> but I'm sure that's not going to end up in the actual game. And of course it didn't, but like, for, for a while, people <laughs> were like, meta. Dark Souls 3 resistance builds. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, inspiration for doing challenge runs and things like, was that part of like seeing people in the community doing it? Or is that something that you were doing with other video games at the time of of, like, you know, doing speed runs or challenge runs or or what have you?
1: No. So I I actually wasn't into like speed, speed running aside from watching GDQ at the time. I just kind of, I had heard about soul level one and I really enjoyed playing dark souls. And I, I really liked going through it. And I was like, well, I already went through it all and know everything. I'd like to play it in a way that like feels fresh again um, so I, I think it was when it came out on Switch, and I was like, "Well, you know, while I'm like just hanging out on the couch and watching TV or something, it'd be nice to just kind of play Dark Souls to scratch that Dark Souls itch." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "But you know, I'll see if I can do a a Soul Level One run, which it's something I kind of want to do again now that I'm much, I I know a lot more about the game and have a lot more strategies I could probably use." Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, the, I I just thought it was a super cool thing that. You know, I wanted to see if I could do it because, you know, it's 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 a very hard game. It's nice to be able to be like, well, okay, I've I've pretty much like conquered this hard game, and the the best way for me to kind of think of that is like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not going to level up at all. It, it also reminded me of in in Final Fantasy VIII, there's um a similar kind of thing you can do, although it works a lot differently, where you can go through that entire game without leveling up any of your characters. Oh, but really? the way that the mechanics, yeah, the, the way that the mechanics work in Final Fantasy VIII um all of the enemies, all of the random encounters, they and all of the bosses, their level kind of like stacks with you. So if you're at level 100, all of the bosses are going to be much more difficult because they're going to be at that tier. Okay. But if you're at the lower level, it's actually a lot easier because um I always say that Final Fantasy VIII is kind of the Dark Souls of the Final Fantasy series. <laughs> not in the not in the like oh the way that I mean everyone says that about everything, so I guess I'm no different. But in the way that you can decide what stats to put things in like the 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 main mechanic of the game is you get like the the summon spirits Mm -hmm. and you can unlock stats to dump like magic on so you can pretty much at the beginning of the game if you want you can like double or triple your uh your strength stat and just like one shot everything
0: that's how um so like when those remasters came out or when it popped up on switch or something i have a friend who uh is desperately in love with Final Fantasy VIII. It's one of his favorite games of all time. And he was like, just do this. It'll make it real easy, and you can just get through it and just play for the story. Like, you don't have to worry about it. Like, if you're not enjoying the other stuff, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So, <laughs> very funny Your friend play. sounds
1: awesome, and I fully agree, because Final Fantasy VIII is the best one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's my buddy Chris, man. Uh, you, there's times in the Monster of the Week outtakes uh, in my other podcast, Monster of the Week, where he, he just he waxes emotional about Final Fantasy VIII. I, um, I set up a Final Fantasy VIII soundboard for him, so I would just play the songs, and just to make him cry, it's really easy to yes, do. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> the music, yeah, Final Fantasy rules. Eight, is so good. I, to, I,
1: I-, I think it's it's definitely like Nobuo Uematsu's like best overall Final Fantasy soundtrack. Like the, he obviously, there's a lot of really really good songs on a lot of really really good Final Fantasy uh, games, but I think overall Eight has like the best, just start to finish.
0: Yeah. It's really. Uh, I started it on Switch. Um, my goal was to. Uh, I w- that was gonna be my cardio game. I was gonna try to be one of those dudes that like I can forget that I'm just like pedaling or whatever if I can play a video game. Um, and it turns out that I am not one of those dudes. I am not able <laughs> to do that at all. Like I have since found out that if I have to work out, I have to have my brain actively engaged in the process of working out. I can't. I can't just like fade out like some people can. Um, but oh, I'm so sorry to
1: hear that. My my fiance <laughs> and I have been trying to do that recently, and we're like, wow, it's so much easier when you're. Playing the new Pokemon game and focusing on that instead of how miserable it is to exercise. I can,
0: I can watch my wife like on her iPad like research a topic to and become an expert over over the course of like a week of cardio sessions. And I can, and I just can't do it. I can barely even read a book on a on a elliptical machine. Like I just can't do it. It's so frustrating. <laughs> uh. Yeah. God, exercise sucks. Cardio exercise sucks, sucks yeah. specifically. Why did they why did we set this up? I was having this conversation the other day that like to level yourself up in real life, y- you just don't get to like level 10 and stay there. Like <laughs> Yeah, well, where
1: the fuck's my rare candy?
0: Right. <laughs> We're working with Demon Souls mechanics, like every time you can level up, <laughs> you could just be de-leveled at any time. It sucks. Exactly.
1: Which that has happened to me in speedruns before.
0: <laughs> You've gotten de-leveled in speedruns? Tell me more. I'm curious. I
1: yeah it 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 didn't actually end up um really causing any issues um but uh recently for the speed souls charity marathon that we were doing there was every year they do a relay race where it's like a bunch of the games in the series back to back and it's like one person finishes their run they they hand it off to their teammate who then does their run and it's like two teams it's like a seven hour block of just all souls games um and this year I kicked it off with a Demon Souls run, which is a game I also started like the original. Um I, I, I unfortunately started speedrunning that game. That's a very, very difficult speedrun. Um, <laughs> but in that fight, I'm pretty sure I got my uh my soul level reduced by a lot at the very end of the game. But luckily I had enough health to not die in it, so mm-hmm. I was still able to finish the fight with just like one less point of strength, which doesn't really affect too much in that fight. But they're in um in Demon Souls remake there was actually a, a really cool strat to get unlimited souls um that was not really used in the speedrun because it's on one of the like patches that was then immediately patched mm-hmm. um but my my buddy Birdo, Birdo please who uh has done a bunch of Demon Souls runs for um GDQ uh he was d- doing that patch run with what's called the luck glitch
0: yeah a regular luck glitch in Demon Souls yeah.
1: Yeah, in, in the um, Demon Souls remake, Bluepoint added a a thing to help boost item discovery. It's just like a gold coin that you pop, and if you do that while you're talking to the maiden in black, it just they, I guess they just overlooked coding the, the way the coding works. It just just shoots your luck stat up like higher than you can even level it, so it kind of just like metronome's back and forth the the amount of souls that like it costs to to go to the next level and it it just it does not stop increasing your luck stat until it's like maxed out so you can just stand there for like ever and just let it completely just keep growing and then you use i think it's the what the blue blood sword in that game that uh allows you to um it stacks with luck mm-hmm. so you just one shot pretty much every boss
0: perfect i love it but
1: if if you have that stat and you get um, your your soul level drained from Alant and then go back and pick up your blood stain, it just overflows the the soul counter. So you're at like all the like nine 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 whatever uh, amount is like the maximum. And then when you level up or do anything, it stays that way. Like it's just unlimited souls. Basically, it's it's pretty interesting.
0: That's awesome. That's great. I love the fact that Blue Point um, remastered a game from the ground up and still like they're like either intentionally or unintentionally left like from software style, like weird glitches <laughs> in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> so good. Cause you know, from software, I, I love them to death, but like, you know, the, the bottomless blocks glitch on 360 and all that stuff. Like, uh, it was, I, I love glitches in video games and like, I, I love the fact that people are still finding stuff and, and doing weird, weird shit with it. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, with, with remaster, it, it's pretty funny that, um, uh, quality of life change that was very much so needed in Dark Souls uh, ended up just being a huge thing to break open the, the speed run of that game, where um, your default counter is at 99, um, just like in the, I guess, just kind of running in the background. But there's a way that you can, um, like, force that through. So, like, in other words, one of the first things you do in the Dark Souls Remastered um, speedruns is when you go to pop humanity, you only have one or you could have three or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But you can set it so that it's the maximum value just immediately. And and the way you do that is selecting the brightness menu while hitting um, (laughs) like the right trigger to go over to the menu and you stack two menus on top of one another and then you can just go down to the humanity and it just has it at the default thing so you just hit down and then instead of you only have 1 but you can pop 99.
0: Perfect. I love it. I love it. Yeah, there was so that, another weird, that kinda... I want to say it was the bottomless box thing where you could as you were moving items from your inventory to the to the box you could there was some like weird controller input um and it's been years now so I can't remember but it would turn something from like 1 to 99 and you could just max out everything in your inventory if you wanted to like including you know, armor and everything too. Like it's just, <laughs> here's not, here's 99 Moonlight Greatswords that I'm carrying around. Yeah,
1: <laughs> And, and that, that has a lot of interesting, um, uses as well. Um, I don't know the specifics of it because I've never done, uh, a category or like a route that involves that type of duping. But, um, when you're like feeding Frampt, there's also uh, a dupe that you can do where you just get, you feed him, you know, like 99 Qualag souls or something and then your soul count goes, just explodes um but an interesting thing like you're saying where you can kind of stack some items on top of one another even though they don't have a counter um doing that really kind of breaks the game and what what people might not know is the the mechanic of being over encumbered in demon souls where you have too much like of the i, I forget if it's i don't think it's a load it's the other kind of uh load in demon souls yeah where like you can't walk because you need you need to drop items that still exists in dark souls and to get around it they just set it to like 10,000 like a number that you will never ever hit
0: mm-hmm.
1: in like the no- through the normal means but if you're buying a bunch of items like the pike that has like a higher um weight mm-hmm. you can hit that like you can stack those on top of each other in a way that lets you hit that pretty easily and then that kind of breaks stuff and <laughs> allows other glitches to to work as well
0: got it you have to love all of these glitches man like i just I, I i remember being just really heavily in the game at the time and just every new one that would come out people would be like everyone would descend on it and just try to, to, to figure it out how can we use it what can we do for it can we use it in pvp uh all of that stuff because yeah um man i just have very fond memories of um, kicking infinite health glitches people um, in the forest off of ledges so that they would instantly die and then get getting like you know seven million souls for my trouble and then, of course tons of hate mail because you know it yeah was, it was the something thing
1: something that you could upload to Tumblr <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly
0: what uh, did you uh, did you go through the sequels at all like you were late enough that some of that stuff had to exist um, like did you go through like were you did it it pull you through dark souls 2 dark souls 3 and all that stuff like did you get into them
1: so i have played maybe like 10 minutes of dark souls 3 um i was just hanging out at a friend's house and he was it took him a while to get fully into dark souls despite me trying my best to make him like dark souls um But he picked up three and he was kind of more responsive to that one. He's like, Oh, he's like, we should play Dark Souls and you should go through and like show me, you know, give me some tips. I was like, Hell yeah, I'm totally down to do that. And he booted up Dark Souls three and I was like, Oh, I don't really know (laughs) much about this. So like, I went through like the first part. I think I made it to Firelink Shrine and that was pretty much like the extent of three that I've played. I played a good bit of two, um, vanilla on PS3, but I kind of, I was doing that on stream and, um, tying that to like a stream schedule while also trying to do um dark Souls speed runs and things i, I kind of just fell off of it um mm-hmm. i really enjoy what i've played of two um unpopular opinion i guess but uh i i would like to go through and play them all but i probably won't do that until after elden ring um but i i have done actually a lot of dark souls two uh testing with um illusory wall uh who's a uh, an irl friend of mine
0: yeah, so I, we need to tell that anecdote because um, I think it's interesting because Illusory's been on this podcast twice now, I think, um, maybe three times even. <laughs> I can't stop talking about yeah. that dude. He's one of my favorite Dark Souls, like, quote-unquote personalities on the internet. Uh, I take every opportunity yeah. I can to, to talk to him. Um, but you guys knew each other without, even though you both were into Souls, but you knew each other through music, right?
1: Yeah, actually through the same, like, friend um, that I was playing the one band and who got me into Dark Souls, funny enough. Um just uh uh I'm part of a group of a bunch of people who are very um just really love like retro video game music. And at the time I was kind of looking around for uh different podcasts and I talked to my one buddy, I was like, Oh, do you know any podcasts that I should be listening to? Uh because I have some trips coming up that I need to have something. He was like, Oh, you should check out this one that my friend does called uh retro game audio. And I was like, Oh, okay. And it's literally just talking about old sound chips an old, um, you know, hardware and how composers were were able to make these sound chips, make these sounds and the different techniques and stuff. And it's like really fascinating. It's, it's a lot to wrap your head around. It's very technical, but it's like an incredible show. And uh, yeah, the two guys who did that were like friends um, within that community. And that's where I, one of them just happened to be Illusory Wall, who <laughs> I didn't know until years later after like meeting him and hanging out with him and, you know, seeing him play shows and stuff. Uh, that was like, oh, you're also super into Dark Souls and super well known in the Dark Souls community. I, <laughs> I had no idea.
0: Yeah. Um, he's still doing stuff in Dark Souls, man. Like, he's still, uh, yeah. Like, you know, all of his comparison videos, like his dissected video series that he's doing, um, on Patreon and YouTube are just super, super good. Like, if you're that is the stuff that nowadays, because a lot of, um, a lot of YouTube stuff leaves me cold. With Dark Souls, um, I think it's just it's just been around for so long now that I just don't really care that much. Like even yeah challenge runs that I used to find super interesting, I'm not as interested in. Them. I usually watch my friends do them, um, but like e- even even then, I'm like yeah, you know, okay, it's Dark Souls. Um, but man, like Illusory, Illusory <laughs> finds like these weird technical details, and his the podcast was the same way like i didn't know anything about the nintendo like sound chip and like listening to those two dudes talk about it and all of like the weird idiosyncrasies is so fascinating like it's the exact same like it tickles the exact same part of my brain like i want to know how dark souls works and i want to know how the nes sound chip works and i don't know why i'm that person but i am
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i'm i'm absolutely the same and it's actually funny um because that's the way that I found the Duckfeed network too. Because I was listening to retro game audio, and Gary was on an episode about Maniac Mansion, and mentioned you know WAF, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh okay, cool. Let me uh, let me check this out. And I started listening to Watch Out for Fireballs, and and um, really fell in love with you know the Duckfeed guys and, and all the shows. And uh, then when I got more and more into Dark Souls, I was like, oh awesome! Like bonfire side chat, that's perfect. And I would like listen to that all the time, but it's like, it it, it all kind of circles around my one friend which is pretty funny
0: <laughs> that's great that's great though like it's weird how those stories yeah. work out like I, I feel the same thing like i, I met the Bonfire five-star boys because i was just happened to be on the same forum as them and then like they're lifelong friends now like it's such a weird situation like that you, you can go i can literally say like oh yeah dark souls totally changed about like the course of my life like i wouldn't yeah my favorite hobby is podcasting and i would not be doing that if it wasn't for me getting involved in the dark souls pvp scene in 2012 like that's so fucking weird
1: yeah it's so cool i mean it's, it's almost like it's a, like one of the most influential games of all time it's you know? almost it's cool. like that Carl. it's <laughs> almost like that
0: it's it's almost like it's the dark souls of dark souls if you really think about <laughs> it's it. the dark souls of video <laughs> games when you think about it <laughs> so i'm curious you mentioned elden ring um you know I'm, I'm curious what the difference is in something like dark souls 2 or dark souls 3 that obviously didn't have like the pull uh to get you to play like all of them but like you're waiting for elden ring um what is it about elden ring that's like fascinating for you that you 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 know you're going to play that before going back to the video games that already exist
1: Uh, i think it's honestly just you know it's it's the new thing it's going to be impossible to not see news about it and not get spoiled on it if i don't play it pretty immediately um i think that's part of it and just all the hype that's kind of surrounding it um as, as much as i try to stay outside of you know, the, the big hype around it, It, it's, it's unavoidable and it's, it's very exciting. Um, yeah, I think it's just because like, it's the new game that's, that's coming out soon. I, I, it's the first from software game that isn't Sekiro that I'll get to play at launch. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, um, with like dark souls two and dark souls three, there's no good reason that I haven't played either of them other than I don't have a whole lot of free time <laughs> and it takes me forever to like start something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like a good example of that is uh, the, the podcast that I have uh, every FNFF, I've wanted to play every final fantasy game since I first played final fantasy eight mm-hmm. when I was like 14. Um, and I, I like, I've wanted to do that for like decades now pretty much. And it took until a friend of mine, like, And I had kind of the same idea of being like, oh yeah, having a podcast to do that would force me to actually play the games. <laughs> and then my friend texts me. He's like, yo, I got a dumb idea. And <laughs> I think you're the only person. Yeah. You're the only person who might want to do this with me. Do you want to start a podcast where we play every final fantasy game? And I was like, yes, yes, I do.
0: Yes. turning um, hobbies into homework since 2016.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Living life under, under capitalism where everything has to be a project. Everything yes. has to be yes. a side hustle or whatever. Cause we live in hell.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, this is probably kind of far off the topic of video games, but that's one of the reasons that, like, I put Don't Give Up Skeleton on hiatus because I could not force myself to just relax about it at all. Like, I had to have an episode out every Wednesday. I had to have, like, a backlog of people who wanted to be on the show lined up. I had to have a backlog of recorded and edited episodes, uh, uploaded and ready to go. Um, like there was one point where I told my wife Autumn, I was like, you know, if I, if something happened to me tomorrow, there'd be like three months of don't give up skeleton content. Like you would still be hearing my voice. Like that's really fucking weird. Um, yeah. and I eventually just had to like, I have to stop this and I have to just make this fun again for me because I'd otherwise like, cause it turns into work, right? Like it, it's very yeah. easy to turn that into work. How does that, how does that like inform the speed run either on your own or in the community? Because I've taken on responsibilities for, like, internet communities before, and there's a point where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, there's a passion for it, obviously, but, like, this has turned out to be too much work or is too miserable. But is there? Is there – do you have to fight through that sometimes, especially in speedrunning where a lot of it is doing the exact same things over and over again with minor differences to increase um, your scores or your best times or, or whatever? Well,
1: I think my brain is just kind of wired in a way that, like – repetition and like routine is kind of good for my brain so uh when it comes to something like streaming like i didn't really ever think i would do any kind of streaming or anything i was like ah, who who cares like You know, there's no shortage of people streaming games and streaming it in a better way than I could. So for me, I was just kind of like, well, I kind of want to do Dark Souls speedruns and I can just do that on stream because then it's not something that I have to think about. It's not like, okay, well, what am I going to be playing this week? What's my angle for why people should watch my stream or whatever? Like, I kind of don't look at streaming that way. I kind of just look at it as like, oh, no, I want to do this thing and I'm going to do this thing, so I might as well be streaming it as well. Which is like why I was kind of playing Dark Souls 2 on stream. But then it kind of became a thing where I was like, Well, I, I got these other things that I want to do and this isn't really at the top of my priorities list, and it kind of just fell off of Dark Souls 2 because of that. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's so easy to just get kind of overwhelmed by anything. Even enjoyable things. Like it it really sucks. Like I I mean, I think also the older, you know, people get, the the harder it is to play video games, but not for the reasons that you would like necessarily have thought like my fiance and I always talk about this where like she she would always say how her dad was like oh like I I I wish I could do that but I don't have the time or something and she's like oh you should he should just do it after work but like now when we're both done work we're just kind of staring into the <laughs> void and Absolutely. stuff so it with, with speedrunning, it's nice because I don't have to put too much thought into it. Like, I've already done the work of putting the thought into, like, learning the stuff and just doing it through repetition. So it's just like, oh, I messed up there. I just start from the beginning and don't have to think about anything. And for the next, like, two hours or whatever, I can kind of just be on this rail and just go and not have to really, you know, I can just turn my brain off a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's um
1: Parts of it almost become, like like, highway hypnosis where you're, like... Like running through the valley of the Drakes to try and get to the Black Knight Halberd immediately in the first five minutes. Like, there's been points where I was like, "Oh shit, I'm already at the Knight," and I l- literally did not even think about anything from <laughs> the time I hit start to like, "Oh, now I, I like, I, I'm already past the
0: Drakes." Uh, you, you know what? Back in the day, you I would play so much like Tetris or whatever, or any re- really specifically puzzle games. But um, where like you would have those weird like dreams where the the blocks are falling or whatever. Like I kind of figured like, that's what's happening with you with like just falling on <laughs> end, killing that one night. It's like you're just like kind of reliving it in your head over and over and over again because it's just stuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. When when uh, Tetris ninety nine came out, my uh my fiance was like, oh my god. Like anytime I was playing it, she was just like, I can't even like say anything to you. Like as an aside, just being like, oh. I I just saw this really cute cat video on Twitter or whatever cuz I would just be so hyper focused on like
0: <laughs> trying to play Tetris. So laser focused on it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I definitely I definitely feel like uh, coming home from work and like just feeling like you don't have enough energy to do anything um, can can drastically affect like the way that you play video games. That's for me with Dark Souls 3, especially the DLC. I was I was so intent on playing them as soon as they came out and making sure like running through them as fast as I could to keep up with the quote unquote zeitgeist on Twitter or with friends or the podcast or or whatever that I think I just really ruined it for me for myself Um, and it just made it made it mean already those DLCs I don't think are very fun (laughs) but I think there's probably more fun to be had than I than I experienced but just simply because I just wasn't I wasn't playing the game for fun, which is a dumb thing to do. <laughs> like, it's a real yeah. stupid thing to do because that's what a video it, game it, is supposed to be. It's hard not to, though. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, especially, like, with your relationship to Dark Souls and Dark Souls 3, like, it makes sense that that would happen and that kind of burnout would happen. I mean, it's the same way that I I would imagine, you know, video game reviewers have to, have to deal with. They get two weeks, they get a game early, and they have to review it and talk about it. So if it's, like, a super difficult game, and they have to do it for work and they have to rush through it and not like they they can't digest the systems of the game. Like, of course, they're going to be like, yeah, this this game would probably be better if you played it for fun versus yeah. having to have, you know, 500 words written about it or whatever. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Burnout, man. Capitalism. It sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Sucks. They ruined video games, Carl. How did they ruin video (laughs) games for me? How did they make Mario? Why did they give Mario anxiety? Why why did we do this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why did we teach Luigi how to feel pain?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was our first mistake. Why did we do this? Why does Toad need an IRA? It should just be free. Um, well, let's talk, let's talk about uh, Elder Ring a little bit, just because um, it's sure. th- it's going to be the new big thing. Uh, we both play the network test. I guess I'll I'll drop a little bit of a spoiler warning here if people are trying to avoid all mechanics of it. Um, yeah, it was I was just going to say,
1: here's my top ten biggest spoilers <laughs> of Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: it's it. it Surprise, everything is a spider in Elden Ring. That's the (laughs) the thing that we learned. Um, Even patches, again. Oh, man, that would be so good. That would be so good if he was a spider again. I love spider patches so much. Um, (laughs) Actually, I mean, we should probably talk about Bloodborne before we get into Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. Are you you, you a huge Bloodborne guy?
1: i i love bloodborne i haven't played the the d make yet i i really want to i did download it um the the ps1 hey I, i'm sure sh- i'm sure you've seen that i just assume everyone has seen it oh right i
0: now. i have i have uh embarrassed myself and slipped into her dms trying to get her on the show and i had response. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh, dang if you're, um if yeah. you're listening i know you're always <laughs> invited i'm a cool guy i promise <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I, I love Bloodborne. Um, so my, my trajectory with the Souls games were Dark Souls one for way too long, which is just a standard in my life now. Um, and then I was going to go right to Bloodborne. Uh, but that was right around when they were shutting off the Demon Souls, uh, servers. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go through and play all of Demon's Souls before that. Um, uh, and that, that same friend who, you know, introduced me to Illusory and who got me into Dark Souls, actually lent me his PS3 and his copy of Demon's Souls so that I could play it before the servers went offline, which is Mm -hmm. very, very cool of him. Um, So I played through all of Demon's Souls and really, really enjoyed it. I loved seeing the, you know, the DNA that would then become more polished in Dark Souls. It it, it was a cool just experience doing that. And then after Demon's Souls, I went to Bloodborne. I also briefly played uh, Shadow Tower on my Vita, which is extremely weird but very very fun um and the just the e- even more so than Demon Soul seeing the DNA that would become the mechanics the core mechanics of like the Soul series yeah, was yeah. really really satisfying to see in an earlier game that has weird
0: tank controls and and also a grenade launcher <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't think i got the grenade launcher in that am I, am I, am I, I need not, to go I, back and play that
0: it's one of the shadow tower games i can't remember which one i was watching a friend stream them, um and, and for the same reason like it was one of my dark souls friends at the time and they were going through all the old from software stuff and i was like oh you get a gun this is weird like i don't <laughs> know why i never expect like but of course it's a video yeah, game. which you would then become the,
1: the bloodborne mechanic pretty exactly. good yeah absolutely um a, one of my favorite things about Shadow Tower was just reading through the the instruction manual, just on like the PDF or whatever they have on the uh, on the Vita, and reading the story of it. Which I'm pretty sure, like I I didn't confirm it or anything, but everything about it reads like localizers didn't have any fucking idea what to say about this game, so they just made up their own thing. <laughs> sure, yeah, because it's about like the main character like gets taken in by this older woman who he calls Granny or something. And like, then the town is infested by demons or something, and he has to go to the Shadow Tower to stop them. But like, the last sentence is about how he's walking towards the Shadow Tower, and like, he's thinking back to his time with Granny, and he wish he could be enjoying her good, simple cooking. And I'm like, what the fuck what is you talking it? about? Like, <laughs> it's so funny. I I don't know the specifics of it, but it's like, it, it sounds to me like they just didn't have any story direction from from software, and they're like, well, we'll just make up our own
0: yeah yeah and there's probably like i mean especially back then like budget limitations of just like just get it over here like we don't like, yeah just, just 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 do the thing like just have have a video game in a store so we can sell it because we were everybody wants to make money on this stuff
1: yeah back when um they probably were still convinced that video games were just a fad yeah. <laughs> that we're gonna like <laughs> They're like we still gotta get these out while while the iron's hot. Yeah. Because this shit's not gonna last.
0: I think it's the is it the PS one or the PS2 where from software had like two launch titles on the on the at at launch and i think that's always when i think about that i'm like man that is so weird like compared to nowadays because from software is such a huge developer where you know you can see it in elden ring where they make a tweet and our buddy you know the lore hunter makes makes a 10 minute video about the tweet and and no shade no no shade to sean i love that dude and he he, and he knows (laughs) that i just it's just that level of you know that of just i guess Bigness, for lack of a better word, just that the, the idea that, that this company has grown that dramatically in people's consciousness. That you know, if they had two launch games on a PS5, like, can you imagine? <laughs> like yeah, that, that would have been, been revolutionary. That would have been like everybody. there would have been less PS5s available than there were already. Yeah, I was
1: just gonna say it would have been even more impossible to get one.
0: <laughs> and even more tears were shed. Well, tell, <laughs> tell me about your experience with Bloodborne. Um,
1: yeah, I think I think when I started playing Bloodborne, it was, I, I I might have been on the fence about like, okay, should I play Dark Souls 2 or should I play Bloodborne? Obviously, I'm very drawn to the aesthetic of Bloodborne, so I, I was probably leaning that way anyway. But I think that might have been around the time when Illusory Wall organized a Return to Yarnum event, just with like the PvP scene um coming back. So I was like, yeah, now's as good a time as any to, to go back to Bloodborne. And I am... S- at the time, I was so bad at bloodborne, because it was impossible for me to rewire my brain to be like, "Oh no, I have to be less, like conscious of dodging and more just aggressive." And I just could not, I could not really, like, I, I could not get around the mechanics as well as I did in, in the Dark Souls or in the Souls games. But I, I loved it. I thought it was super cool. Um, there's some things about it that I think are infuriating like the the blood vials i think that's just a bad mechanic
0: oh yeah absolutely
1: um and you know because like it there's nothing worse than being like okay i only have three hours to play a game tonight and i'm stuck at orphan of Kos. let me go through and try and fight him as much as i can oh shit i only have 45 uh blood vials yeah. uh, i guess i'll go and farm those for the next hour and then i get two hours of using them all and having to farm again the next time so it's like you know it. it like we were talking about earlier that sort of just felt like work
0: yeah yeah absolutely. which
1: was a bummer because i'm like i, I just want to fight this boss and i think it, it was also hard with that system for me to get on board with the multiple phases of bosses mm-hmm. because like if i'm going to take the time to learn the first phase and get good enough at it um and then get hit with a second phase like that sucks it wouldn't have sucked if there was like an estus system where i'm just like oh, okay nothing was lost in this attempt but it's like well I only have so many attempts at this I can do before I have to go back to
0: fucking work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that, I mean, like, it's, it's, yeah. like, I, the first time I played that game, like, I got caught up on, um, I just learned yesterday that you're supposed to pronounce, uh, pronounce it a breitus, which I've always, literally for the last, like, 10 years been pronouncing incorrectly apparently so (laughs) shout outs to uh the um Sinclair lore podcast for teaching me how to say ebriatus if they're correctly hell yeah (laughs) um but I got I got stuck on ebby and uh just literally was doing like uh save cloud shenanigans because I was just so stuck and a game shouldn't make you do that like that's not that's not good um and it would be worse the other way right like it would be even worse if it was having to if I was having to do go go out and grind every time so like it's the lesser of two evils but it still fucking sucks um,
1: yeah and it's like it, it almost seems like they kind of realized that, that that was bad by the time they got to the dlc like when you're fighting ludwig and you run past the uh the the guy who just drops like six or eight uh vials for you like that's that's a fine middle ground i guess but i was just like that that was a really unsatisfying thing that kind of made me you know i i feel like bloodborne would almost be a perfect game if not for a few of those things
0: yeah I, I, there's, man, I, I've got so many like let me fix Bloodborne ideas. Of, like,
1: <laughs> I can fix him. Just let me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I just
0: it's my one toxic trait. Is I think I can fix Bloodborne. Uh, <laughs> let me upgrade weapon slots instead of weapons. Right, like so that. Yeah. I, I would. I would love that idea of like getting a weapon and have it. And I think that they're like to bring a little bit of elden ring stuff into it like the way that some of the mechanics that i saw uh working in with weapons in elden ring like i'm hoping that they're they've listened to that feedback because it's just such a bummer to like uh, be late game get a weapon and realize like oh i've been hoarding all of my upgrade materials or i've been spending all of my upgrade materials um and now i, I want to use this cool weapon but i can't because it sucks in this area because it's so hard So yeah yeah I always ask this question to people at the end of the podcast uh and I'm curious what your what your answer is gonna be because as always we're in a weird place with from software where they're about to launch a game they're also like have literally turned off all of the online functionality on p c for all yeah. of the other games uh, because of these weird bugs and 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 player bullshit that people are doing um but like We think that they're doing an Armored Core game, maybe, but they've got, you know, they've had rumors of, you know, working with writers of The Expanse and doing something new and having new IP, but, like, for you personally, like, is there something that they could do, like, whether an old game or a new IP or an existing IP? Or is there something that would get you, like, crazy freaking excited?
1: Uh, Yes, actually. It would be putting Dark Souls Prepare to Die Edition back on Steam. (laughs) That is like, that would be amazing. I didn't expect that answer. Uh, that, that, uh, it, it sounds stupid, but literally, they ever since Dark Souls Remastered came out, they've basically treated uh, Prepare to Die edition as abandonware, more or less. There's no way for you to get Dark Souls Prepare to Die edition on your computer other than piracy or... Finding a shady site where a key for it that might work costs like two hundred dollars.
0: Oh Jesus Christ!
1: So it's uh, that's like a a obviously kind of a a small thing, I guess. Um, When we're talking about From Software, one of the biggest developers in the world, but it it is kind of a big deal because to preserve like the speedrunning scene, um, Prepare to Die Edition is a completely different speedrun than remastered, and they're they're completely different games. Uh, There's some glitches that you use to get the most damage that you can do in prepare to die edition that just were hard coded out of remaster. Mm. So, um, you know, to keep, and, and also just kind of going back to like talking about retro game music and, and stuff like this, there's always kind of things in video games where one day things will just end. A server will get turned off and suddenly you can't do demon souls PVP anymore unless Mm -hmm. there's a community of people who rally around it and create their own sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so like like obviously I, I understand servers going down. Um, it, it's always sad every time. Like I remember when the Halo Two servers were going down, and I, and and people were staying online as long as they could. Like, um, but yeah, just something like that where it's like I think the reasoning behind why they don't have it on the Steam Store anymore is they didn't want their um, like they didn't want their consumers getting confused.
0: Yeah. F- which I, like I, it's I, kind I, of a <laughs> flimsy
1: thing to be like, well, now this game just. Only exists on like consoles.
0: I would uh I would believe that. Or I would be more inclined to to give them the the grace in order to, of that if like Steam didn't just have refunds. Like I feel like anybody yeah. who bought a Steam game and was like, oh shit, I accidentally bought the old version instead of the remaster version it can just basically get the Exchange it at that point, right? Like, they can just get a refund and go buy the new thing if that's what they want, or vice versa. So, um, I mean, yeah. I, I get it to an extent, and maybe it could also be a support issue, right? Like, they just don't want to spend the time, you know, having multiple games. I mean, obviously, like. The thing that we're seeing with all of the, these servers, them pulling the servers down, like there's yeah. obvious stuff in there that they know about that they are unable to control, uh, you know, whatever that looks like. And you and I both have IT backgrounds and know that shit is never as simple as it looks like on the, on the outside. Yeah, it's very It's always, always much more complicated, um, especially when they've been building on that same code base for ever and ever and ever Amen. So. I, yeah uh, yeah i really hope that doesn't negatively affect Elden ring and its online play like that's the thing that I, I i get worried about when i see that stuff because there's a lot of you know dark souls dna in that game and it'd be i would be a shame if like day one people are you know griefing other players, getting their the computers world. bricked because it, some yeah. asshole <laughs> yeah yeah um Man, and it seems like Dark Souls has always attracted the assholes of the world. But maybe that's just video games. I just that was my yeah. I feel like that's
1: definitely just uh, (laughs) video games in general. But definitely like the get good like bros. Like the Mm -hmm. there should be no difficulty uh, settings in Sekiro. You know that that kind of crowd of people.
0: Uh, The the last thing I like to ask people. um, I think it's been a year since I've done this podcast, but uh, and we briefly mentioned this when we were talking about it, uh, like the way. That you got into Dark Souls and got and met people and all that stuff, but like uh, fundamentally, Dark Souls has changed my life with just who I talk to, what I do. Um, I, I, I'd like for people to talk just a little bit about the impact of Dark Souls on their life, as it changed you, as a person who plays video games, uh, as a as a person, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, like your overall like takeaway from your experience with the series, I guess is what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, I I never really liked Dark Souls, so not really. (laughs) No, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm I'm totally (laughs) kidding. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's on, on, like both of those points, it has. Uh, just my relationship with video games has completely changed. Where I actually like more challenging games now, and not, not games that are just hard for the sake of being hard. Like I actually really hate that because from software kind of showed that hey, you can make a really difficult game in a way that's interesting and fun and challenging and satisfying and not just being like, oh, this boss has a huge HP bar and you just have to beat it. Like, That's kind of my big reasoning why I don't like Sekiro as much is it seemed like they kind of leaned more towards the get good kind mm-hmm. of philosophy. It's just like, oh yeah, you're having trouble with this boss. Well, you can't upgrade your weapon. You can't go anywhere else right now. You just have to learn the patterns enough to beat him. There's nothing you can do other than getting better at it. And I, I don't like that. I, I don't like being in a situation where it's like you can only handle this one particular way. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I feel that way about a lot of video games now, where it kind of broke my brain a little bit. In that, like, I was playing through Skyrim, and my fiance, that like she really loves Elder Scrolls games, and she was watching me play through it. And I got out into, like, the the main world, like, the world map or whatever, and I just saw a giant, and I'm like, I'm going to kill this thing. And I was just slowly <laughs> trying to kill it. She was like, you don't have to kill that. And I'm like, no, I have to. Absolutely. And I'm going to. to. Yes. And I just kept dying and getting destroyed. And she's like, yeah, you aren't at a level yet that really makes sense for you to be fighting this thing, and there's no benefit to it. And I was like, no, I am going to beat it. Like, <laughs> so it broke my brain in that way. But... Um, I think it also like when I found um, when when I started playing Dark Souls for the first time, it was at a point in my life where like I I suffer from depression, and it was at a time in my life where I was in a very toxic place and like very very depressed. I was probably the height of my depression, and it was kind of a thing where I was burnt out at work, and I would just come home, and all I could really do is just like stare into the void, and it became nice that replacing staring at the wall could then just be staring at a boss in dark souls for three hours that i kept dying to Mm -hmm. but got a little bit of progress each time so it kind of helped me through that phase of my life where i was just kind of like okay well this really sucks it's really overwhelming and it's really daunting but if i just keep going and keep trying like eventually things will get somewhat better until the next roadblock and i think it was like a good philosophy for or not philosophy it was a good like analogy for for life that I could kind of use to help boost my spirit when I was depressed, which is weird no, <laughs> to I, say about a game where you constantly die all the time.
0: It's not though, man. Like I, I've done so many episodes of this podcast now and talked to so many people who uh, have had that exact same experience, where it's just like, hey, if I can get through, you know, Taurus Demon, or if I can get through Orson and Mode, then I can get through whatever you know garbage thing I have to get through in my life, or I can get through. This this cloud hovering over me that tells me that I can't wash the dishes right now or something. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just whatever yeah. whatever that is, like the you know Dark Souls taught me that like I can overcome that this thing. Um, and it's I think that's a that's one of the reasons that you have a lot of people that have bonded with the game so much. Um, it's weird to have a game that will that can do both that can give the get good people like so much ammo and then also the people that are literally struggling in their daily lives, give them the ammunition they need to overcome their problems. Like it's, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Plug your stuff. Where are you at on the internet? Tell everybody where they Uh, come from. Yeah,
1: I am um, Carl Germ. Um, You can find me on dark souls, dissected uh, dark souls, two dissected soul memory where I invade uh, Illusory Wall to help him with uh, some of the mechanics. It's it's pretty funny Anytime people see that for the first time and just send me a screenshot, and they're like, wait, is this you? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, but no, I, I am on Twitch, just uh, twitch.tv slash I almost said twitch.com. <laughs> so, so that's good. I haven't had enough coffee today, I guess. Um, but yeah, other than that, I have a podcast, which is basically uh, a Walmart brand uh, bonfire side chat of the Final Fantasy series um I mean, it's where we're just going through at them. least
0: a target style bonfire such <laughs> I, I, I don't know <laughs> it,
1: it's it's funny uh because in the first season of um every fnff uh we me and curtis would just constantly you know we're we are who we are so we would constantly just talk about dark souls mm-hmm. like here and there and then our producer alex who has never played uh dark souls um was like what? He's like, you guys just need to start a Dark Souls podcast. Why are we even doing Final Fantasy? And we're and, and Curtis is like, look, there already is a Dark Souls podcast, and it's perfect, and there's no reason for us to <laughs> do that shit. It's called Bonfireside Side Chat, okay? Um, but yeah, every FNFF, um, we're really dumb. It, 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 we, we treat it like a book-style, uh, a book club-style podcast where it's just me and my friends talking about Final Fantasy games that we like. We try and, I guess, sort of know what we're talking about when it comes to it but we're also just dumb as hell and don't really you know put too much research into it uh most of the time there's there's some really amazing final fantasy podcasts doing similar things that go deep deeper into you know stories and stuff like that we're kind of just like we're having fun playing these games together and talking about them so yeah
0: excellent um i haven't listened yet because my podcast experience has since covid i really only before COVID I only listened to podcasts when I was driving which was my work yep Um, and then I didn't drive for a long time um and like even like my favorite podcast on fireside chat like I haven't I haven't listened to anything from them (laughs) like I've I have talked to Gary more than I have listened to uh on (laughs) fireside chat which feels bad to say but um I will say that the the highest recommendation I can make for um the Final Fantasy podcast is that our mutual friend Allison really really likes it, and she has impeccable taste. Yeah, it, so.
1: that was that was a very big moment for me was seeing her like tweeting about the show. I was like, holy shit, we're doing something right. I guess like <laughs> people are I was it. like she <laughs> listens to good podcasts. <laughs> like, she has taste. <laughs> <laughs> she's been on good podcasts. She has taste. Therefore, we must be doing something right.
0: Well, uh, Carl, thank you so much. This has been a long time coming. Um, thank you very very much for for guesting on the podcast with us. This was this was a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Of course, thank you so much for having me. This is a a big deal for me. I ever since I started playing Dark Souls, uh, you know, all of the duck feed stuff has kind of just been a constant in my life. So this is a uh, super cool to to be here talking to you.
0: Um, as always, I say as always, uh, but (laughs) as sometimes I upload podcasts, (laughs) uh, you can find this podcast on, um, all major podcast services. Don't give up skeleton.com should have all of the links. Um, I know every time I do one of these, whether it's a a remastered or whether it's a a brand new episode, people always ask me, um, are we going to do more episodes? Can I be on the podcast? And the answer is, I don't know, and probably not. Um, so... Uh, Carl and I have been mutual friends for a long time. Our uh, internet mutual friends, if you want to, you know, could call it that, or whatever, but... Uh, um, so this conversation happened and it was like, yes, I think this is a good idea. Let's go. But, um, the idea of just strangers emailing me and then trying to work out schedules and things is just frankly overwhelming to me. So, uh, enjoy the podcast and I will release them when I want to release them, (laughs) which sounds weird (laughs) and aggressive, but I don't mean it that way. Um, and if more come down the pipe, then yay. And if they don't, then, you know, Hey, just, just, just wait. But in the meantime, um, yeah, don't give up skeleton.com for all of your don't give up skeleton needs and remember, don't give up skeleton. Bye everybody. And
1: we're good. Awesome. That was yeah, great. Thank you so much. That was great. Yeah, yeah that was super fun. fun. I love talking about
0: Dark Souls. Yeah, it's it's you know, I have it. I did it yesterday. Um when we talked mostly about the line.